Jesus is trying to teach and not trying to teach out God. Sound check. Sorry, I'm a baby. Really bad. It's like purple headphones. I love my purple headphones because they're purple. But I can't hear you. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> All the way to No, that song you were singing. Yeah. I'm... What about it? I can't hear you because my earplugs are still in, actually. These are, this is high tech. <clears throat> Hello, everybody. Hi. I'm really glad everybody's microphone is not back on because everybody would go, hello. And then people would think this is a capitalist patriarchal empire cult, some male hierarchical figure teacher in front of the class, and it would be horrible. So I'm very glad. No. <laughs> I'm very glad that uh, that's not possible. As is customary for people like Stephanie and uh, Ava, maybe, who haven't been here as so often, uh, or Don, for example, <clears throat> we welcome you and we spend the first few minutes sharing about our experiments from last week or what we've discovered, what has been uncovered, what's going on. And last week we were working a lot with our boxes, neurotic, uh, requirements for a comfortable life and recognizing our own and recognizing our automatic reactivity towards other people's as being um, a mechanical reaction based on a survival mode that is no longer applicable. So does anybody like to say anything about how you're doing, how it's going. Out of 26 people, I can't exactly see who's going first. I wanna share about an experiment I've been doing of being not just in my intellectual body, but being in my five bodies at the same time. And how I used to think that, I used to think that being present and being embodied was kind of boring. Like there's nothing happening. I had to empty my mind and there's this emptiness. But since I've been doing this five body experiment, I'm noticing that there's so much going on. There's so much going on so much more than I can possibly pay attention to. And, and I'm, I can be so involved in, in the information from my five bodies and, that I can be extremely present without being bored. Mm -hmm. 
Brian, have you, did you write anything about that? I mean, these are the kinds of things that's really worth writing about. And it's, and it's, would be useful to write about how you set yourself up for that. Like how you, uh, how somebody else could do it. So it isn't I'm about writing. you. It's not about you. It's about what's possible. What were you saying? I'm writing an article about it. Thank you. We also link it into the study group Telegram channel so people can check it out. Thank you. Thank you. We also, so I'm, I have to make these really bold assumptions that what's happening in your life is so radical, you can't even, you don't even find words for it, something like that. In this case, it's really okay to start with gibberish. In this space, it's safe enough to start with a few lines of gibberish and then it will make sense of itself. That's what I always do. So what if you, somebody wanna try that? Mark, go ahead. So I've purchased a plane ticket to go to Portugal. And I'm terrified by everything I'm starting to notice, trying to find out what I'll need in order to be able to fly on an airplane to Portugal, given the I won't define it, but the COVID situation and everybody's take on it. And I'm realizing I have a huge fear that some form of craziness will occur in my endeavor to just transport myself to Portugal in order to attend the workshop coming up there next month. So I guess I've been ignoring the craziness for several months and now the buildup is starting to overwhelm me. I'm not vaccinated, nor will I participate in the experimental vaccine. So this creates a great deal of fear and pressure given everyone else's viewpoints. Well, not everyone else's. But I've run into many acquaintances of mine who I thought would be the last people to buy into the mass hysteria. And they've radically re rejected me and my views regarding vaccination and the, what I see going on in the world at this time. Can I ask you a question? Yes, please. Have you boxed up your stuff and ended your rental contract? The reason I'm asking no. is because once you get outside of that field, <clears throat> you might not want to go back into it. And there's plenty of space over in Portugal and Spain and lots of places over there, a lot of space. 
need possibilitators at work. So you consider that as one possibility. It's uh, escaping one of the eight prisons might be happening. I would love to be able to talk with someone and explore that possibility further. <clears throat> I understand the boat anchor behind me. Just, that's the problem. So you might say, is there anyone who would do that? See, this is not about rescuing. So if you say, I would love to, people go, ah, oh, that's, that's nice. We're glad that you love something. But if you'd really like to have a conversation, you'll have to take responsibility for asking for it. I accept that I don't know how I can identify somebody who can give me that information. Uh, they'll just put their hand up and you can trust. Thank you. I would like possibilities from someone who is in a community or knows of a community that has space for people such as myself to come and live in a different part of the world. I'm just suggesting that you're limiting your possibilities by forcing that outcome because you understand, because the result may be that you, you actually create the community yourself. You're avoiding that possibility by demanding that you move into somebody else's game world. So you could rephrase your question and give yourself a little more possibility if you want. And we're going to be moving on to someone else really soon. I would like someone to help me with an emotional healing process to hold space for an emotional healing process around my fears of creating a community versus finding a community. You say, is anybody willing to do that? Is anyone, is anybody willing to hold an emotional healing process space for me to explore that? We have a Jeff, Jeff and a Nicole, Nicole. and uh, Ingrid. <clears throat> All right, thank you. Thank you. Any other check-ins from the week past? Jeff? Yeah, I want to share that um, I, I felt, I, I feel angry uh, about that the, the request about finding a, a community because I am putting together a fleet of nomadic pirates that are going to travel across the U.S. on bicycles and maybe camper vans or whatever they want to travel in to create activations and consciousness throughout the U.S. And we're going to go from Portland to Miami, 3,333 miles. <laughs> over three months to <laughs> to drop bombs of love and consciousness in cities across america and yeah and, and i'm just creating it out of nothing and i i have no idea what it's gonna look like or 
what's actually going to happen. And it's happening. Starting and when? Starting at the end of July or early August. Still like mapping it out and also trying to not map it out, if that makes sense. How, how do people reach you if they would like to participate? Yeah, it's the best way to reach me is uh, just send me a, a text or yeah, a text or an email. I'll drop. I'll just drop it in here in the chat. <clears throat> and I. I'll I want to know. That. Yeah, go ahead. Are, are cars allowed? I'm not. I'm not in control of of how you want to participate. It, okay. in, that, in that way, in that way. Thank you. God, you're going to push a car 3,333 <laughs> miles. I thought that would be more, more, uh, more of a statement than just riding bikes. <laughs> I pushed a car about 20 feet and that was about enough. Great. All right. In any case, we recommend, and Chloe and I, a film that we just saw that would be re relevant to this. And Chloe, do you want to say anything about it? It's called Spaceship Earth, about Biosphere 2. It's a documentary, highly recommended. They start, the first picture on the screen is the cover of one of the books on the our study group. And that, so it's a, it's a fantastic resonance with exactly what Jeff said and what all of our work is about. And they end up creating a nano nation. So it's very exciting. Any other, anybody, anything else? We also, any of the uh, new people who would like to introduce yourself for a second, it'd be great to hear from you. I'm Alan. Alan. Good to see you all, glad to be here. I met Nicole and Brianne in Calgary here over the last month. And yeah, I've been checking out a lot of the microsites that the possibility management folks have been creating. I guess it's, they're the originators of that. I uh, watched a big talk with Derek Jensen last night, getting into some of that and resonating with that. So um, yeah, looking forward to exploring the customs of this call and meeting you all a little bit. Thank you very much. Thank you, and welcome. I'm Stephanie. Um, I'm calling from Austin, Texas. Um, and I, uh, I've only known about possibility management for a, a little over a week now, but I, I sort of, I created my first NanoNation uh, at a conference here in 2018 and I announced it to a, a group of about 100 people and I made by the next day I made flyers for them um, for it and passed them out to at least 30 or 40 people at the conference and one of them ended up in the hands of someone in Asheville North Carolina who contacted me about two weeks ago based on that and wanting to follow up on the vision that I had created and sent me the link to the Global Ecovillage uh, Network um, Summit, which is where I saw the talk with Clinton and, and Chloe 
and that's what led me to possibility management. <laughs> so that's pretty cool, I think. <laughs> it is pretty cool. Thank you for following this Earth Coincidence Control Office invitations. Nice. So you saw the message from Janet Trevino, Stephanie? Uh, I just saw that now, thank you. Yeah, 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 great. Thank you. Somebody else? Yeah, I'm Eva. I think I read the book in 2010 or so and um, spent three years living in Zek community where Clinton was there, I think, in two intensive times where I took part. And I dived into possibility management with an ETB and two labs, and then something knocked me out. I think, I don't know exactly. I think I wanted to look at these very, very tender um, expressions of feelings. And at some, yeah, in some years it was just a bit too strong for me. Yeah, and various other reasons. But then now it's really crazy because this book has been standing in my shelf and it's been at least two or three times in the last year, it's been saying, come on, read me again, <laughs> read me again. <laughs> and then um, I, I tripped over um, Kian and Oliver and we started a possibility team in Freiburg in Germany. And it's been going really quick, like the last weeks, it's like, bam, bam, bam. Now I'm doing the Rage Club with Brianne. And <laughs> yeah, and you were with us last Friday with, with this conflict we're having in our garden group. And like at the moment, the first three weeks, I was so high on responsibility. And it was just my life was just exploding in all these new possibilities for connection and and. I was so energized and now I've entered the phase where it's starting to feel really uncomfortable <laughs> and I'm really glad to yeah be with Brienne in the Rage Club and also on an emotional healing process now and yeah have the telegram group and just be connected to you and yeah really grateful to be back after two or three years of feeling very numb. Yeah. Thank you. Anyone else? Yes. Olivia. I'm Olivia Robinson. I'm calling from Val-de-Mont, Quebec. And I started um, exploring with possibility management this winter with Brianne. And now I'm participating in her Rage Club. Uh, week one was pretty good so far. Pretty awesome. <laughs> so I've been listening to the recordings uh, for Radiant joy, brilliant love in order. And I just decided I want to come into the live version now. So. Uh, yeah. 
the live version and your voice is already on the recording. Well yeah. done. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. Dawn, you have to say something, come on. Okay, a really quick hello. I'm a full-time caregiver for my mother. I live with her with dementia and I hear her moving now. So soon I'm gonna have to go assist her. Um, I am so grateful even for these very, very few minutes with all of you. I just, it brings tears to my eyes. Um, this is so my heart. This is so my community. And um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful. Thank you so much. Thank you, Don. Welcome here. I just have to say that I, I started my path in possibility management actually in 1975, but then I, I did not know at that time what a training was. I was in possibility teams, but not trainings. My training started in 1991. And I, I so, so since 1991, so we're talking almost 30 years, it's possibility management has not gone away. And so it really is exactly like you say when you, when you first encounter it, it really is like that. And it never goes away. And sometimes we do. And, and no, I've tried to figure out ways around that. And I, didn't, I did not. I used to try to control or demand or make agreements or pirate agreements or I used to try to make invitations or follow people around or all this kind of stuff. And it's, it really, it doesn't, none of that stuff is part of this really. It doesn't work. And so, but I, but I would like to say, and I'm sure, I'm sure most of you who've been here for a while on this path know that, you know, it's not always a pretty sight. It is sometimes so exciting, but in the wrong way. Anyway. It's scary. You know, it can be scary and just dark and, and incredibly complicated in emotionality ways. And so, so but, but from my perspective, possibility management itself never goes away. The invitation is there, the door is there, the community is there, and there's really these open arms for when we come back. So just, uh, just wanted to say that. I don't know if I ever said that before in my life. There it is. Thank you. For me, what comes up there, it does not go away as long as at least one of us stays. Like it needs <laughs> us and it needs us to spread it and to spread it and to spread it as well. Yeah. So along those lines, the 11th of May, which is coming up, we're having a, a, a call, a call out for people 
wanting to more formally step into the possibilitator training path. So the possibility training path, it does not cost anything. It's just a, it's a, a, a tribe, it's a, it's a path. And we never had that before in possibility management. We had trainings, we had trainer trainings, but we, and, and, but the community of possibilitators had never gelled in a, especially in a global way like it is happening now. And so if you're interested in the possibilitator path, please just get in the call on the 11th of May. We'll, it, uh, we sent it out in the newsletter, I think we'll send it out in another newsletter and we'll put it definitely on this platform on the Telegram so that the details are there. But you're all, you're all invited. Yeah. Yes. All right. Unless there was somebody else wanting to, was holding back um, and wants to say something, I'll dive into the book. Does anybody else want to say something? I want to say one more thing because this came really big. I was just gathered with a, a woman who, who does a lot of emotional body work and I was talking about this, you know, connection I'm having with my family here being, being in Puerto Rico for the last month. And I just realized that for a long time, I didn't want to have children. Like I didn't, I didn't really want that because I didn't know why, like I just didn't want to have kids. And in this conversation, I realized that the reason I didn't want to have kids is because I wanted to end this lineage, this cycle of my family and of, you know, the men and of the women. I wanted it to stop with me unconsciously. And, and now I, 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 I want to bring life to the world. Like I want to, I, I, I've broken it. I, I already started to break it in half, break this lineage and I'm starting a new path. And I, I feel it's so important to say this because the people that in my, this is totally my story in my opinion, but the people who should be having children are not. The people who are changing things don't want to bring kids into this world. And, and, and I, I, I saw a big shift in me around that. Thank you. <clears throat> Jeff, I don't know if you're willing to say it, but it, in the beginning of your talking, there was a huge feeling coming up and you, you swallowed it back down and this is not a space for that. Yeah. Can you say what it was? Yeah, it's, I, I, I feel sad. I feel sad because I didn't know why I didn't want to have kids I didn't know why I didn't I didn't realize that it was this wanting to to you know cut the the line of of destruction that that I'm that I'm part of uh, that I've been part of yeah thank you thank you Okay, can everybody please take a deep breath and 
since we're taking deep breaths, will you put your attention on your energetic center, wherever it is? Could be on somebody else, the kitchen in the future, or something that happened yesterday. Put your attention on your energetic center and use your intention to move it to your physical center, which is located below and behind your navel, deep in the middle of your belly is your physical center. And take another deep breath and use your clicker. This thing is a clicker. Use your clicker to make a connection between your grounding, your center in the middle of the earth called your grounding cord. It's about this big around and it's flexible and it has a color. So use your clicker, make that grounding cord to the middle of the earth. <clears throat> Count of three, please tell me the color of your grounding cord. One, two, three. Yellow, blue, yellow, pink. <clears throat> Please make one more clicker and make a bubble of your own personal space. You're taking responsibility for your center, for your connection to Gaia, and now for your own space. So with one more click, you make this bubble. It's flexible, pretty close in on your body, goes under your feet. And inside of the bubble is your space. Outside of the bubble is everybody else's space. And while we're doing this, at your waist, you have a, an energetic tool belt. And on your tool belt, it kind of looks like this. I don't know if you can see it. It's just a little leather bag of things hanging on your belt. Reach into it and pull out one of these golden pearls of concentrated energy and information. It's your own energy and information. Hold it up over your bubble and let it go. It goes right through your bubble, down your head, down through your spine. It hits your center and pops open. It fills up your, your bodies, all five of your bodies and the inside of your bubble with your own energy and information, your golden energy and information. It fills up your bubble. And once you do another one, you can be generous with these. Take another one, drop it in. And when it explodes, when it pops open, you also send out, it fills up the space and it sends out. It's, it sends back to other people any energy that they happen to have in your space that you did not clean out before. And so this can be close people, your mom, your dad, your partner, your kids. It can be people like your boss, your neighbor, politicians, advertisements, like all that stuff. It just sends it out back to where it came from because it's just, that's where it belongs. Let's do one more, okay? Get one of those golden pearls of your own energy and information. Now you know what it's doing. It falls down, hits your center, pops open, sends everybody else's energy back where it came from. We have our own space. And I made one more click probably, and Chloe did too, but we, we make this golden tube shape that goes, that includes all of us. It wraps its way around the world or through the world and it makes a safe place so we can have the conversation that we're here to have together today. And in that safe conversation space, we've been in it for the last half hour, whatever it is already, I, I did that before, but I just wanted you to know what's going on energetically so that when you're when you're talking with your clients, when you're talking with your family, when you're with your, your people, just do the same thing. You can make your own energetic space 
and make it safe. And then you can call in your bright principles to feed the space. So my bright principles, the ones that I call into space are integrity, clarity, possibility, love, initiation, and high level fun. And somehow you have some resonance to those bright principles. And Chloe, will you say your bright principles for people so they can they can hear yours? Yes. Love, possibility, clarity, transformation, empowerment. Thank you. And some of the other people also call in their bright principles. And so, and there's a resonance between these principles, probably some form of possibility is attractive. It's, it's resonant to your bright principles. And that's why, and also clarity probably. Clarity, possibility, and love seem to be the, the bright principles that bring us together. And I'm, I'm going to the book now. I'm on page 149 of Radiant Joy, Brilliant Love. It's section 6N, as in never again. And it's a conversation about meta-conversations. So even while we're beginning to talk about what a meta-conversation is and how important they are, how to create them, how to make use of them, in a way we're having a meta-conversation about meta-conversations. So we're, so we're not just talking about meta-conversations, we're actually talking about what they are, how to use them, where they come from, and all that. So we're actually having it a meta-conversation about meta-conversations, and the book says, one way to create greater authenticity for yourself, your relationship, or your organization, is to navigate yourself into a liquid state through having a conversation about the conversation. As was described in the dishwashing example above. So there was this conversation about a man and a woman who were starting to, to dry the dishes. And uh, instead of arguing about who was right and who was wrong, the space shifted into a, a meta conversation and uh, more love happened. So that's what this is about. Having a conversation about the conversation. It's called a meta-conversation. The way to enter a meta-conversation is to place part of your attention outside of the limits of the original conversation. Turn around and look back at where you came from and then speak from outside of the conversation about what you observe happening inside the conversation and what else is possible with that. So if you, if you visualize that, I visualize like I take my energetic eyes and I, I pull them out a little bit and I, and I push them out through my psychological defense strategy, which is my box out beyond my bubble. And I turn them around and look back at what's going on, on the other person, on me, on the space, on what's being created and what the purpose is, where we're going, where we came from, and just observing all this. And then talking about it, about what's noticed, 
what is being noticed. So this is, but it, it's an actual energetic gesture that you do with your attention, you split off a part of your attention, 10%, bring it out with your energetic eyes, start observing what's going on, and then speak about that while you're having the conversations. So you're having a conversation about the conversation. So you're actually, it says, the book says, start speaking together about the way the speaking is happening. So the way the speaking is happening, it can include so many dimensions. So it includes the purpose or the tone of voice or the timing or the focus or the uh, impulse, like the point of where did it come from? What's the, what's it, what's the background? So all of this is, is speaking about the way the conversation is happening. Talk about how the talking is going. You get this? So you speak together about the way the speaking is happening. You talk together about how the talking is going. Change the topic of the conversation to the conversation itself. So the conversation becomes the topic. Find the purpose behind the original conversation. Developing the ability to create meta-conversation, it takes a little practice. So I just want to mention a couple of the things, what kind of practice it takes. For example, every single conversation takes place inside of a context. So the context is the foundation or the background. And, and if you don't know, if you're not taking responsibility for the context of the conversation, then the conversation is taking place in an unconscious context. And as we've been talking about in the whole first part of the book, the unconscious context has to do with feeding your gremlin, serving the shadow principles, doing betrayal, arrogance, competition, uh, I'm right, you're wrong, or I'm wrong, making myself wrong, so then I can be right, or I can be wronger than you, my day was harder than your day. I have suffered more than you. I'm, so there's, I'm carrying more of a burden than you are. There's all of these purposes that are unconscious purposes. So if you're not responsible for the context of the conversation, then it is an unconscious context. So part of having a meta conversation, able to have a meta conversation is, is taking responsibility for your own power, your authority to have, who gives you the right to have a meta conversation? You know, this is life. There's no authority figure out, out there going, all right, Clinton, now it's time to have a meta conversation. So start now, here's what you say. The, life doesn't give us instructions like that. I was, I've been talking to people lately about looking around for what, how do I know what to do? How do I know what to do next? And what we figured out was the only time that you will ever know what to do next is when you are being adaptive. You're being adaptive to some external authority who's telling you what to do next. And they tell you what the plan is and what the timing is and what the script is, what the purpose is and what you're supposed to accomplish 
and then you know what to do next. So they, modern culture started training us to be adaptive. The moment we went to school, for example, the teacher would tell us on and on, over and over, time after time, what to do now, what to do next. And so we're trained that there's going to be some external authority figure telling us what to do next. And then we get out of school and it's, oh my God, where's that voice? Where's that authority? Oh my God, and so what do we do? We go get a job where we have a boss who tells us what to do next, who's told by his boss, who's told by the corporation, who's told by the psychopaths. So there's this big, big uh, plan that having a meta conversation is absolutely revolutionary. It's completely revolutionary. So another, another thing you'll need to know before you can even begin to have a meta conversation is that you need to notice that there is a space, that every conversation occurs in a space. Even if you're in a crowded subway or in a, in, in, I don't rush hour, rush hour traffic or in an argument with somebody on the street because they littered and you said, hey, I don't want you to litter. There is a space. So who is responsible for the space? Who is creating and holding and navigating the space? If it is not you, then it is being held by unconscious entities, essentially. So and. So an entity could be your mother, could be held by the police, could be held by your survival strategy or one of your millions of parts. One of your unconscious parts is holding the space as a, as a, out of fear or out of anger. And it's holding onto this. And if you're, so if you're not conscious and aware that every moment of every day in your life, you are consciously holding the space, something else is holding the space. And when you're not, when you don't know that you are holding a space, when you have no intention of having, being in and holding a space, then that it, it's still happening. It is still there and it is happening, but it's serving unconscious purposes. Like I said, it's a mechanical, it's a, it's a reactive space. It's not a, a proactive space. And so in order to have a meta conversation in your day-to-day -day life, it's so important to notice when, uh, which space you're in and how you got there and what you're doing there. So we've mentioned before how when you're in a, a building, modern buildings today are usually pretty square, cubical. I'm looking around, I don't see any domes or yurts or any of those kind of things. So it's basically a square. And to get in and out of the square doors, so you have a doorway. So I see in back behind you, I see all kinds of doorways. So every time you go from one space to another space, the habit is to fall asleep. And so it's possible to use the doorway itself as a wake up factor, as a reminding factor to remind you that you are exiting one space and entering another space. And you can do this while you're walking down the street if, for example, in the shopping zone, you look at different shops and you see, okay, if you walk to the front, like you're about, about this far, about 
you know, 30 centimeters, something like that, 12 inches, something like that. You're away from the, you don't step in the door. You stand in the door, but you do not go in the door. And that's allowed these days because, you know, you're, you're being cautious about how many people are in this space. So you don't make the COVID viruses feel claustrophobic that there's too many COVID viruses in one space. You don't want to do that. So you, you stand back, people understand what you're doing, but what you're really doing is you're noticing that I am now in one space outside, outside of that space, and I'm about to enter a new space. And then you consciously step across the threshold into the new space and see if you can stay awake. How long can you stay awake remembering that you're in a space in the other space? So it will smell different, it will sound different, it will, the, the humidity will be different. The energetic field will be different. Above you, over the doorway, will be the presiding deity of the space that has a different purpose in that space. And so there's a lot going on. I mean, if you ever get to hold a young child, like between one and two years old, who's not really walking yet, maybe about eight months to two years old, you hold, them, you hold them in front of you, but you turn them around the other way. So they're facing out. It's a very fun thing to do. If you hold, I have two daughters and we used to do this. It was my main hobby was, I was basically the transportation for their attention. So what you do is the, the child will be looking around and, and whatever it puts its attention on, you go there. So it looks at the cupboard, you go over there. It's got its feet on the cupboard. Then it looks at the cat, you go down towards the cat. Then you and you go over to the curtains and it's feeling the curtains and everything. And it, it looks over towards the kitchen because of here you go to the kitchen. You just motate according to what the cat, what the, what the kid is up to. Also probably where the cat is up to because kids like cats. So what happens, what you'll find is you get to a door, when you get to a doorway and you, you actually go through the door. So for example, the front door of your house, you open the front door of your house and you go out, you will see the child's total experience change. And I didn't understand this at first. And I, I would go out and, and they, would, they would be one way and I would go in and they would be another way. So I would go back and forth like this and they were completely entertained. And I was in a liquid state because I did not know what was going on until I started to pay attention to my own ears and nose and how different the sound is inside of your house and you know half a meter in front outside of your house. Inside, outside, it's completely different. And so you can wake up about the, the, per, the actual, it's almost like different universes. There's a universe, each space is its own universe. And so if you forget that, if you forget that you are in a space, and then if you are not taking responsibility for holding and navigating that space, it will be more difficult for you to, to be able to go into a meta conversation. So that's, that's why I'm addressing some of these factors. So the first step, the first step of creating a meta conversation is perhaps the most difficult one, which is to place, you have to remember that you're in a space, take responsibility for the context of the space, own this space, which space are you in? And then 
split off and move a piece of your attention outside the limits of the original conversation space. So in an energetic big space, you can have multiple conversation spaces going on, such as in a cafe, for example. You walk in a cafe, you look around the cafe or a party, and you see these conversation spaces going on. And so you're, we're already good at this. You already scan for conversation spaces. You scan for them. And you go, for example, next time you get a chance, take more time to consciously decide in the moment when you go, when you decide to go talk to that group over there or this person over here, what are you actually scanning for? What are you scanning for? So we have these five bodies. There's tons of stuff to scan for. And, and this relates to having a meta conversation is what, what is the meta conversation going to be about? So you're scanning. So when you scan another conversation, you could be scanning for how much energy is in the space. So in that conversation space, so our boxes, our survival strategy has a, a, a limit. It has a comfort zone. Our, our survival strategy has an energy comfort zone. If it's not enough energy, it's boring. If it's too much energy, it's threatening. And so we're scanning for a conversation space that fits somehow within our comfort zone, unless, of course, you're doing a start over.xyz experiment to go into a conversation space that is outside your comfort zone and earn matrix points for the start over game. But in the ordinary case, we go into a conversation space that serves our comfort zone. And, and what else are you scanning for? Sometimes we're scanning for the absence of sexual energy because we're just fucking tired of defending ourselves from sexual energy abuse. Or maybe we're interested in sexual energy exchange. So we're scanning for conversation spaces where sexual energy exchange is possible. So there's... There could be more a masculine kind of energy in a conversation space, more of a feminine, more of a child, more of a gremlin. Oftentimes we scan for a conversation space because our gremlin is hungry to get inside of a conversation, something that will stir up uh, some kind of low drama, some competition, some debate, some, some uh, low drama energy exchange. And so we're scanning for all this the whole time. So the reason to pay attention to all these things that you're scanning for is because when you split off part of your attention to have a conversation about this conversation space that you're in, if you don't, if you're, you need to be able to scan for what else is possible. So your conversation about the conversation will be about what is happening and what else is possible. So what do you really want? And back in the book. So the first step, like I said, is the most difficult because you have to place your attention outside the limits of the original conversation. We are so easily hypnotized into the present story that's happening in this conversation space that we occlude, which means we cloud ourselves, we block ourselves to the possibility. We, we occlude our own responsibility and our ability to create alternative conversation spaces. So what the book says is, it uses a word called extemporized. 
extempore, it means outside of time. So extempore actually means, we use that word now for improvising, for actually creative, creative conversation outside of the ordinary conversation. It's not mechanical, it's ex extemporized, which means you're not saying things that you ever said before. In an, in a, uh, in an extemporized conversation, you're not repeating or using, using ideas, you're going into new territory. And so, and these, this is where you will find more productive stories, more possibilities. So in order to have a meta conversation, you have to be looking at what is happening now and what else is possible. And you don't know what else is possible. We don't know what else is possible. That's what's great about it. So, what else is possible is can't be contained. It's a uh, potential. So what we're trying to do is include in our observation of the space, this is what's going on and something completely different from this is possible right now. I don't really know what it is, but let's try to go there. Instead of sitting around arguing or gossiping or um, talking boring about boring, whatever, we're, we're having a conversation about the conversation. What else is possible? And so these, these other conversations are possible in every circumstance. They're possible in every circumstance. So if you think about this, the last time you've been in a conversation that you did not like, was you did not want to be in, or was not being useful, or was not fun, was not high level fun, that it was being competitive or you did not know what to say. So, or, or it was not going anywhere, for example. So it's every situation like that, it is possible to go somewhere else. When you take responsibility for having a conversation about the conversation, you're also taking responsibility for the potential of your interaction of the conversation space. And this is, you know, I just mentioned to the new people, we've spent, uh, this, is, this is a year, we've had a, a year of being in this study group. So we've been, we've been going over and over about the ordinary kinds of conversations. I think that if, you, if, you're, if you're understanding what we're talking about or going on this journey, you're beginning to get a taste of what we mean by the word extraordinary. We're talking about how to navigate and create extraordinary conversations, extraordinary relationship. And later on in the book, we'll be going into archetypal conversations and archetypal spaces. Right now, we're just talking about extraordinary. So when you take responsibility for the potential that you have in the conversation and you have a meta conversation so as to activate a new potential in the conversation and you can do that in every moment of every conversation. You're accessing extraordinary space. You're taking responsibility for holding and navigating the conversation space. When the kids are screaming at each other, or when the husband is complaining, or when the woman is not listening, we tend to believe the reality of their feelings, their reasons, and their perceived behavior observations. 
You know, they're reacting to certain observations that they make. And we believe that what they've observed and their reasons for behaving the way they're be behaving is true. Believe it's true. And so we're sucked in and hypnotized by the current space, the current conversation space. So you have a, a wand of declaration. It's called the wand of declaration. It's one of the tools on your tool belt. You can just pull it out. And it's, and it, it's a wand, like a magic wand that gives you power to go non-linearly outside of the limits of the present conversation, no matter what the conversation is. And the wand works by declaring, says, this is so. And we're all, all day, every day, we're declaring many different things. Like, I feel glad, I feel sad, I'm, I, I love the color of this wall, this soup is delicious, uh, doesn't this smell really bad? I mean, this guy's a jerk. I mean, I hate this cup. You know, whatever the, this is a mess, or isn't this elegant? These are all declarations. We are saying how it, what it is so. So this is a tool we've been using unconsciously our whole lives. And the, but this wand, you pull it out, it's, it's like a, it's a, it's a magic wand in your hand. And it's the thing that you use to make declarations. When you have the wand out, you can make a declaration consciously. And the declaration is something completely different from this conversation or interaction is possible right now. Something completely different from this is possible right now. In both the ordinary, well, so let me just say something. So when you declare that, you open a doorway, an energetic doorway. And in that moment, you can walk through. Now, if you're not in connection with anybody else, you walk through, you leave them behind. Then you're alone in the new space and they're back there in the other space. So an interesting way to do this is to get in, in, in connection with one or more people in the current space then use your wand of declaration. Open this door by saying something completely different from this is possible right now. And while you stay in contact with that person, you move sideways or backwards through the door. You don't even know what's in the other space. You just know you're moving into the other space that has a different possibility, but you're in connection with these people in the current space. They won't really know what's happening except they're interested to go with you. And you move into this next space, and then you shut the door. You inhabit the new space together. Every space has a different set of possibilities. So this sounds really wild, or I don't know what it sounds. Magical, it sounds bizarre, sounds like fantastic. The thing is, it works. It just works. And, and it's full of distinctions that they don't tell us about in school or in advertising, even at the university. I mean, where are you supposed to learn this stuff? I mean, you know, Hogwarts doesn't really exist. You know, even the books from, what's her name, don't really have distinctions like this in there. So the thing is that the distinctions work. And if you have the distinction, you can use it. If you do not have the distinction, you cannot use it. And nonetheless, the distinction works. So the, the problem being, of course, that when you get a distinction, it doesn't land in your mind, really. So don't worry if you're not understanding this in your mind. 
if you let it go in, it will it will change the shape of your being, changes the shape of and by putting distinction, new distinctions in your being, then you change. So the problem being, if you actually get the distinctions that we're talking about here, you will have to go through a liquid state before you can implement them. Otherwise, the study group will be over. You'll go, God, what was that about? You know, you'll walk out of this space through a doorway into the next space. The television will be on. Somebody will be arguing. Somebody's cooking pea soup for dinner. And you'll go, hmm, pea soup. And it'll just be a different space. And this, you will, you will lose because the mind cannot hold this stuff. Mind cannot hold on to this stuff. It has to, you either get it in your being or you don't get it. And so let yourself go through the liquid state of taking responsibility for having this wand of declaration, for being able to use it. Something completely different from this is possible right now. It opens a door. You're with people. You're connected. You move sideways or backwards into the new space. They are with you and you inhabit the new space. You go off and you can, you can have a look. You have a potential that we haven't talked about yet. Or we, you, have, you have this, you have a capability, like we can connect in a new dimension. Whatever, you can, there's all these options, new possibilities in the new space. So, for example, in both, in both ordinary and extraordinary human domains, the declaration that something completely different from, from this is possible right now is always true. In the archetypal domains, this declaration is not always true, but we will get to that later in the book. So it's, I, it's just a fantastic thing to stand in whatever situation you're in with a magic declaration, wand of declaration, and at any time you want, you can leave that space. And if people can go with you, they can leave the space also. And, and just because somebody cannot go with you does not mean you should not leave the space. I'm sure you've had times when there's people who want to argue, their gremlin has taken over their adult ego state. They want to win. They want you to lose. They want to convince you of some horrible scenario. You're bad. You are wrong. You're stupid. Whatever the thing is, you're in that space going, gosh, oh, well, you know, <clears throat> there's 6,000 channels on this television. I think I'm going to go into a different space. Click something completely different than this is possible right now, you just step backwards and sideways out of the space and they may not want to come with you. The other person may not want to come with you. They may want to try to hook you, <clears throat> push your buttons, call in triggers. They may be trying to do all this and, and you don't have to stay there. There's no reason at all for you to stay there if you don't want to. It, it was not necessarily going to get any better. By you sticking around, trying to be a good listener, trying to be understanding, trying to be nice, trying to be accepting, trying to be peaceful, like all these things, it will, nothing will necessarily, you're just essentially providing fodder. Fodder is horse food. You're basically providing yourself as horse food for, for gremlin activity in a space. You do not have to stay there. You can grant yourself the authority to depart 
instantaneously from any space, especially with your wand of declaration. I would like to read a couple more paragraphs before we stop for a talking. So hold on a second. It requires a samurai's, and a samurai is a Japanese sword person. So you have your own sword of clarity. So it requires your sword of clarity with relaxed alertness. So you need a samurai's relaxed alertness and the pirate's question that goes something like rules? What rules? And this is like a pirate scene set. So you're a pirate samurai. It requires that thing to be a pirate samurai, to have that attitude, to extend what is possible for you personally beyond any conversation limits that are currently happening. You get this? You have to have the samurai's relaxed alertness with clarity and the pirate who can go nonlinear in any direction for no reason, that attitude for you to be able to personally shift out of any conversation limits that are offered to you. You do not have to accept the offer of the limits of a conversation. You do not have to accept those offers. You don't have to accept that offer unconditionally ever. You don't have to. Having a meta conversation lets you ask questions that are not permitted from within the original conversation. Your extracurricular inquiry, that means asking questions that are outside of the curriculum. Now, what happens if you do that in school, right? What happens if you ask a question that's not in the curriculum handbook from the teacher? She freaks out. It's, a, it's like she feels like you're attacking her. Or he, you're, he says, you're questioning my authority because he's just following the curriculum and you're asking questions that are not in the curriculum. You are, you are revolting. You are, it's a revolution. You're attacking. So, but your ability to ask those questions generates clarity and possibility that were not previously visible or permitted. It is this new clarity itself that initiates the liquid state of the meta conversation. I'm going to flip over into share my screen so that you can see a little map here. So I'm going to share this screen. Uh, where are you? Share and make this bigger and. Right here in the middle, you see it's the map of creating a meta conversation. It's a three-step procedure for navigating to the liquid state where change can happen. So that's one of the purposes of meta conversation is to create something else that's possible, which means to create some change. Step one, place your attention outside the limits of the original conversation your attention outside and look back on it. Yeah, two, that's step two. Turn around and look back where you just came from. So that's pretty easy. Step out, turn around, look back. That's the first two steps. Start three, start speaking from outside the conversation about what you observe happening inside the conversation. This is a meta conversation and it's so powerful. The note says step one is the most difficult because we are so easily hypnotized 
into the present story, that we block our responsible ability to shift to a different story. Get that we're so hypnotized into the present story that we automatically block ourselves from leaving it. The idea is that totally new and perhaps more productive stories can be extemporized in every circumstance. And again, extemporized means improvised or magicked. You can magic it in every circumstance. You're stepping outside of the conversation and giving access to a different perspective. Okay. So let's make some space and have a meta conversation about our meta conversations about meta conversation. How many of you notice yourself kind of falling asleep or zoning out? Anybody notice that happening while we're talking about this stuff? Yeah. What is, why does that happen? Somebody? For me, it's, it's a very intellectual conversation. And my, my mind is, yeah. Mind what? Well, my, my mind is very active and my other bodies are like falling asleep. Thank you. Somebody else? I want to happen? Yeah, I want to share, Clinton, that I zoomed in, actually, when you shared... Uh, about shifting the energetic space wherever you go. And when you talked about your, the, the, the experiential part, I, I was totally here. Which experiential part? The experiential part you, you shared about 10 minutes ago, when you, when you, shift, when you shift the energy of a space, Wherever you go, mm -hmm. I, I was bang. Okay. Thank you. Ingrid? I noticed that um, uh, my mental body went into, into stories where I want to try to experiment with that. And this put me out of, of the real conversation mm -hmm. which is happening here. Yeah. How many of you notice right now we're having a meta conversation about the conversation we were just having? Anybody notice that? That's what I was doing. I was saying, I was, it looked to me like we'd filled people up or we were ready for, like we were at the limit. We were filled up and at this limit. And then, and then so, I shifted into a conversation about that conversation. Like how many people are zoning out? How many people are fuzzing out from, you know, feeling overwhelmed or like, okay, okay, God, what, you know, like that. And then we're talking about that at a different level. So we, we actually shifted into a different space. We're talking about what is that thing that happens when we get this feeling like going to sleep or zoning out or overload. 
Christine. I noticed that I have a meta conversation with my gremlin and then we were talking about meta conversation and then I zoned out because I was overwhelmed. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I have this, yeah, Kian, go ahead. I feel very happy about the um, the example of the samurai and the the pirate you you gave because actually I discovered both of them in an emotional healing process with Brian that I have both of them in my pocket somewhere and I was always looking or, or actually a reason why I don't go into conversation with people is because I I didn't know the tools how to create the conversations that I want. And there was this, I was more being adaptive to what was happening than, um, yeah, than, than having, seeing the possibilities to create something different. And this, this gave me really something, yeah, it's like a, like a small superpowers that I can use now and want to use. And we'll use. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I remember our conversation uh, a few weeks ago when we did about being unhookable. And I worked with Anne Chloe. And the tools I had at the time were about more about connection. And Anne Chloe mentioned something about, you know, have you thought about, and I can't remember right now how she said it, like, exploring kind of being curious around what they're doing like why what they're about and I was like yeah I want more of that <laughs> and so I've been thinking about this whole time reading over the what's coming up the starters like how to initiate a meta conversation and it feels like it's connecting with that part that desire that I had to how do I turn like when someone's trying to hook me un unintentionally or intentionally like, what can I say in response? And some of these, it's like how to do that, like how to change the conversation, how to really get to what's really in the space. What are mm -hmm. they really about? Um, so this, is, this has been helpful for that. Thank you. I feel a, a low level fear about just unmuting myself and talking since I'm new. But um, for me, I really love I feel value in the heuristic or this tool of just the idea of something completely different is possible right now. And just maybe take the day to meditate on that throughout every happening and every conversation. And I think that's a, feels like a, a fun way to integrate that into myself. Honest, you're going to say something? Yeah, um, I just listened to what Christine said that she had a meta conversation with her gremlin, and um, while following your um, description of how meta conversation um, is accepted or not accepted at school by a teacher, frigging him out, um, I have. Um, uh, I want to um, tell you a little experience I had and that is still up in my mind after 30 years out of school. It's this um, 
happening, sitting in a class where discussion is going on. And I was not saying anything for five or 10 minutes. And then it came up to my mind where the teacher wanted to go with the class. And I put up my hand and told, okay, this is going to be there and there and there and that and so on. And then I don't know whether my teacher really freaked out, but she said, okay, this is where I wanted to be at the end of the hour with the whole group. Um, so it was already part of her concept, what I was talking about, but it didn't fit in the dynamic of going on with the class. And uh, why I'm telling this now is that I think I have experience with this meta thinking. And also when you're telling the story of, of school or religion or your experiences, I'm always thinking about, oh, what kind of limitation Clinton had in his uh, former life, in his past, and what is that different to my expectations? And the point, now, or not the point, but the, the idea, the impulse is now this kind of thoughts going around me, comparing your past with my past experiences. Is that a kind of meta thinking or meta conversation with my gremlin about comparing you and me, your experiences and my experiences? That just yeah. came out up mm -hmm. to my mind when Christine said she had this meta conversation with her gremlin. And it, it, it was a really, I, I was really uh, enlightened. I was really a little bit enthusiastic about this thought. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. We have not talked so much about gremlin so often. And I was, I don't actually have those kind of conversations with my gremlin because essentially he's starting a conversation. So then it's a gremlin conversation. So my gremlin is a, tool, a resource, a friend, an ally. When I ask questions or give him jobs to do, that's when I'm talking with him. But when we don't just sit around and sort of judge or compare. And I would be very suspicious that this would be a contexted in a gremlin food conversation. Who's better, who's right, who's wrong, who's first, who gets it, who doesn't get it. These are all kind of gremlin conversations. And so I think it's a, when to have a, I don't know, I just suggest you might wanna investigate um, if the gremlin is sourcing the conversation, it's a gremlin conversation. And what, what's your purpose really? Yeah, thank you that's for bringing good, it that's up. a good question. What's the purpose of this thinking and of this kind yeah. of meta conversation? Maybe my gremlin starts and he wants to hook me up or he wants to enter this conversation. And okay, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's, uh, I have a certain degree of anger and sadness and fear that here we are 
together for this time every week. And we're entering this, what I am suspicious is significantly new territory. And we're talking about it. And then I'm hoping that you go back into your life and experiment. And I'm not sure that that's really as functional of a way to navigate ourselves through this book as it would be for, and Chloe and I to throw you into groups of three and have you practice with feedback and coaching in real time, for example, to implement the meta conversation starters and to see how you can use your wand of declaration. And you actually, now that you know about it, now that you've heard about it, how long before you forget it? Well, it could be three seconds and then you've forgotten about it. It could be until, it, until we close the, the study group space and then you forget about it. Or it could be until you talk to the next person and you're hypnotized immediately into their story world and you've forgotten your wand of declaration already. And, and I think I'm gonna have a transformational conversation with Anne Chloe and we'll figure out what we wanna do. Cause it's, it's to me, it's almost, uh, you know, we're feeding our intellectual body by understanding or trying to understand, but then, you know, how do we work out actually making use of this stuff? So, you know, that, the shadow world part, the liquid state was pretty unavoidable because you were looking at what you've been trying to suppress. And so we would put it on the table and then it, it's no denying it. This stuff is extra credit. It's extraordinary. And it's easy to forget it because the ordinary world out there is contexted in sleep and contexted in ordinary. And you walk outside, you turn off this conversation and it's space will vanish unless you know how to you know, grab this context or this space and not and refuse to let go of it in your day-to-day -day life. And we have, you know, but but if you had more practice here in the online time, uh, with feedback and coaching, there would be more liquid states that you would get feedback and coaching about how actually you have no fucking idea how to do this. And you thought you did, or you would like to, and how valuable it seems. And then, and then three seconds later, you don't even know what we're talking about. And so these kinds of liquid states are, are more of a workshop space or a training space than a study group. So at this point, we're still in a study group and it's not really lawful for me to, or us to uh, shift the game and that you would, uh, I've done that before. I walked, I've told people we're going to have a talk. I get a room full of 90 people and I bring them into a, a workshop space without warning and they go in liquid states. I think it's fantastic because they're learning so much I come back a month later into the same town and there's 15 people come to this the talk instead of 90 because everybody gets the sense, well, it, you know, he says it's a talk, but it's really not. Something else is going to happen. And people were crying and people were, you know, feeling things and all this. So 
I'll have to have a meta conversation about the study group and see what we're up about it. But in any case, I just wanted to share that I was feeling frustrated and sad and scared that we're uh, in, we're starting to enter the parts of the book that are full of extraordinary new skills and we're talking about it rather than practicing. Ingrid, why are you waving your hands? Yeah, I feel joy when you when you share that. Because I'm longing, because I'm longing for practicing, experimenting. There is a longing. Well, what stops you? Nothing. What stops you in the six six days, seven days between now and next Monday? What stops you? Nothing. I will do it. Have you been doing it? Yes. Okay. I try. I felt angry when you just said, when you shared that, okay, this is a study group, so we shouldn't experiment because we did experiments before. Like there, there was one time we would just come into the room and then go into breakout rooms and experiment the soaking thing. And for me, it was still a study group because it was like, okay, we studied that, let's do a little practice and then we study again. And I also, yeah, I, I share this fear and sadness and the anger about, okay, now it's in my mind and I'm gonna forget it in 10 minutes. Thank you. You're welcome, thank you. Well, I have fear about the proposal, well, I don't, it's not really a proposal, but about the idea of, of experimenting because it seems to me that since the context of this is study group that a lot of people have their cameras off, they might be doing other things and we get sent into groups of three and someone, I, I might be, you know, stuck by myself or not, you know, not in a fully engaged group. Yeah, thank you. We would really have to change the game rules. You know, the thing is, you know, what's happened from this space is we've grown together in a kind of a, I don't know, a tribe in a way. And there's so many people from here who have found this as a, a welcome, welcome a landing place or a starting place for getting into Rage Club or study, um, you know, possibility teams or even trainings. People are coming from this group who've never met before we will first see them in an expand the box training in a lab over in Portugal. And so to shut down, we would really be shutting down this uh, first step on a bridge space and moving it into a life on the bridge space. And that would really, uh, people, you'd be surprised. We have, we're so psychic that it would, it would be too scary for most people to come into this space, I guess if we were really, if it was an experimental space, it was an ongoing experiment space, I think it would get smaller and smaller and not new people would come in because it would just be too, too big of a step into the, into, but if we just talk about it, I guess I get, what I'm sharing is I really love this stuff. This stuff is so great. I use it every day of my life. I use it almost every minute of my life. And magic happens and love happens and possibility happens and change happens. And there's, and so I really want you to 
have it in a way that you can use it. And talking about it perhaps is at least the first part of that. It's at least if you've heard about it, then the next time you hear about it in a different space, uh, you'll be, you go, ah, that, yeah, I remember, magic wand, gosh, I forgot about that. Well, yeah, okay, I, now I'm gonna use it. Okay, I heard about this. So it's not so bizarre. So, yes. I have a proposal as a fierce game world builder. And the proposal would, it could be something that the study group stays a study group where context is also landed in a way that I think many people cannot really land context as much as you can, Clinton, about this stuff. And that, for example, the possibilitator training, if mm -hmm. some groups wanted, could be following the book or could be following the exercise and say, okay, this week in the possibilitator training, we, we practice meta conversation. And it could be, or, or even an, a possibility team, but the possibilitator training probably would have more um, space, like more depth to hold that. Yeah, wow. A number of you who are here are likely, would likely, if you're in the possibilitator training, would likely be space holders for a regional possibilitator training group. And so that makes total sense to me that it would, these guys would be the space holders for those, for the regional uh, possibilitator training, or it doesn't have to be even regional, it could be also thematic. And so the thematic group of radiant joy, brilliant love, building love that lasts, you know, practicing extraordinary tools, that would be a theme. I would like to make another proposal. Um, what I really like here, Clinton, is when, I mean, I, I like the style you write and it's very, it's very, there's a lot of distinctions in it. And what really lands in me is when you share your experiences. And I wonder, I wonder, if we need to read this book like letter after letter, or if another possibility could be that you, sh that you share your experiences, like you, you just take an experience that covers a page or two, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, you know, like, yeah, and we can read the book. And I think that sharing experiences and listen other people to share their experiences really does something in me. And I'm getting very inspired by that. Thank you. Yeah, and yes, and, and there's a way that as I haven't, I have not read through this book for years. I've I've written so many other things, but I have not gone back to read through this book. And as I read it, so much of it is mimetic writing. So mimetic writing is actually mimetic engineering happening. So 
when when you read the book, you read it with your eyes, it goes in your mind, and then then you can think about it. But when you hear, when you hear the distinctions written memetically, written as memetic engineering, memes are what we used to think with. And the book is written in memes. And the, when we when you hear the memes land, actually I can watch them land in the space. I watch them land in people's energetic bodies or their beings. I watch the memes land and that's, the, that's why I repeat myself. That's why I tell a story. That's why I say it a different way because that one did not go in. I say it this way, it goes in. It's an oral tradition. That means it's, we hear it's a spoken and oral tradition which is something that's so human. For the last 200,000 years, most teaching has been, has been discovery journeys, discovery journeys that are spoken in an oral tradition. And, and then to have the treasure of this book with, the, with so much of it being clear distinctions and memes, that uh, to me is a, a bonus. It's like, a, a rare opportunity to make this journey as an oral tradition using the mimetic writing uh, spoken and just you know talked about. So, okay. All right. Well, so being being as it is right now, I think the way it will go is we will continue reading, but there have been parts I have skipped. I don't know if you've noticed it, but there have been lists of 122 ways to create ordinary relationship. We only got through about 18 of those before the place, the space was completely full. So, and again, right next thing, the next thing that's happening is meta conversation starters. And there's about 40 of them. And so, you know, I won't read through the whole list, I would, I would invite you to do it or I'll copy paste them into the uh, Telegram group. The thing is, uh, and, and I think from time to time, we will break the rule spontaneously and throw people into groups of three and do some spontaneous practicing without warning. So you, you, won't, you won't be able to, um, know when it's coming and when it isn't. I, I won't either. When I say we, I mean all of us. So we won't know when it's coming and when it will happen, but it will not be blocked from this space. And then, then there will be these uh, thematic groups where people can do heavy duty practice to really, for those who want to truly develop some skill in certain areas, that they will uh, bring in thematic groups to, to practice, maybe even in parallel with the book, as we're going into the extraordinary and archetypal levels, something like that. Okay. Annie, are you going to say something or are you saying goodbye? Yes. No, I'm saying I, I, I would like to insert that uh, I know methodologies uh, from Zoom technological uh, transformational event perspective that there are ways that we can make the, the groups so that you don't have uh, a person uh, who's not participating or who has walked away from their phone to, to be stuck into a group. I know cool. how to do that. 
Great. And I, I volunteer to help with that also. Excellent. Thank you. We can also, uh, we've done it before once or twice, but we just basically say if you're not, if you don't have your camera on, we just take you out of the meeting. Which is another All right, we have about 24 minutes. Anything else right now about this? Okay. So, so at this point, it would be up to you to memorize three of the following Meta conversation starters. And that what that means is that in every in every case where you are, to shift into a meta conversation, we will we will use words. And of course, there's ways to act out or um, physically change your posture or do things like that. But the technology that we're using has to do with words, using words to, uh, I hate to kind of use the magical metaphor, but there's this uh, saying, and probably you've heard about this, it's abracadabra, it's an Aramaic translation of some other translation that loosely translated means I create as I speak, I create as I speak. And we're talking about doing a meta conversation is created by shifting the conversation to a different conversation through speaking and in between, like I said, creating a doorway. And so I'm gonna read, I'm gonna to start to read some of these meta conversation starters. And what, what that means is when you use one of these meta conversation starters, the perceptual prison that you are in is left behind. And suddenly you can see from a new perspective. And the question itself is the bridge to the new perspective. So starting a meta conversation can change the purpose or the context of the original conversation into a purpose or context that would never have otherwise been reached. And that potential is sitting around us all day long every day. Even people who are close to us or far away from us, we don't know them or we know them intimately, that potential is sitting there. And so the first question is, why is this thing that you are talking about so important to you? This is a why question. The danger with a why question is that you get a reason back. So you stay in the verbal reality, the intellectual. So it's not such a powerful question because, but you are focusing on, on importance or what matters. So, so you could rephrase it as how, how is it possible that this thing you're talking about is so important to you? How, how could it be possible that this is important to you? And then it's not about why anymore. Another one of the meta conversation starters is twice now you have failed to answer my question. So that's an observation. What's going on for you about this? 
So you're noticing a pattern and you're putting, putting the poop on the table. You're saying, I noticed this happening and what's going on for you about this? So there's an open space. You're holding this space for people to start digging a little deeper inside of themselves. All of a sudden you're having a different kind of conversation. Another one is my box, meaning my psychological defense strategy, my box is freaking out about what you just did or said. It's freaking out. Did you notice that too? I must have an expectation or a belief about this. Could you help me track it down? So look what you're doing. And you know, oftentimes when our box is freaking out, what we do is we attack the person or the thing that makes our box freak out. Can't talk about stuff like this, or this is bad, or this is wrong, or I hate you, or whatever. This, this goes like this. It's going, did you see that? My box is freaking out. I bet you saw that too. Can you help me? Can you help me figure out what's going on for me about this? Can you help me track it down? So you've changed this kind of conversation into this kind of conversation. You're having a completely different kind of conversation. Or I notice an undertone or of some feelings in your voice. Can you say more about that? So this is often the case. We, you guys are attuned to emotions more and more. And you'll go, okay, that was sadness. This is mixed sadness and fear. This is anger and joy. These are mixed. This is sadness and joy. These are mixed, whatever. You can notice that stuff. But the other person does not notice it. They're having the experience right in front of you. And, and they don't notice that you what you're noticing. So you just put your attention on it and go, gosh, you're, you're swallowing down. Your hands are going like this. Your knee is bouncing. You're... you're, you're your, you know, your veins are sticking out, your face is turning red, whatever. I noticed this is going on. What Can you just say more about that? Jeff, can you say more about this? Well, I did that. I did exactly that this earlier this morning. And the response that I got and that I get very frequently, which makes me feel angry is, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, yeah. I, I, you know, it's like, like they're, it's, they're in the old map. It's like we, we go into the old map. And so it's like, what is the what is the meta conversation about that? You know, like because it's it's just it's almost it's almost like undeni like undeniable that this is gonna be the next step if if it's in if we're if I'm in a space with someone who doesn't have the this matrix, it's like that's always the next one. So it's almost like can I even just bounce directly to the next one? Yeah. I mean, what are you doing in those spaces? Uh, Why are you hanging out with people who are on the old thought map of feelings? What's going on? What's up with that? Yeah, it's I'm I'm in a place where there are not people that that are that have the new map. So I have to create the 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 that, the community that has this matrix, and I, I think I I. I, I feel joy because I see where you're going with this. Thank can you. you say it? Can you put it on the table? Yes, that this is what needs to happen. I need to I, I need to get to that conversation so we can so we can have a new a new matrix for the 
in, in the space, like a shared matrix in the space? Yeah, it's a it's a, like having a treasure that grows by giving it away and you're not <laughs> giving it away. Yeah. And, and what are you there for? Hey, buddy, give the treasure away. And that's a major meta conversation. I have a secret. I discovered something about thoughtware. What is thoughtware? Well, it's what we used to think with. What are you talking about? Well, they told us about feelings, that anger is bad, sad is bad. I, I discovered a whole new way to relate to this stuff. I would love to share it with you. Are you interested? Like that. Yeah, cool. And that's whole, the whole thing is meta conversation. The whole thing is shifting the context of the game world that you're in, building it out, deepening it, giving the, you know, filling it up with the treasure that you have. Yeah. You never know. You know, some people will say, no, I don't want to know about your fucking ideas about, you know, feelings, whatever. Just like, hey, this new age, you know, crap, whatever, take it and shove it, you know, whatever. And it's like, <laughs> any, okay, I heard your opinion. Thank you. What about you? What about you? What about you? Okay. So you four will meet at three o'clock this afternoon in the back room. Okay. I, hey, I want to come too. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like make it make it special, make it as special as it is. Cool. So uh, let's see. Anything else about that right now? I've also been in situations where I'm using one of these meta conversation starters and someone's gremlin just completely starts lashing out. And I feel fear about that situation and also I'm also learning to, how to handle myself more in those kind of situations. Do you carry dog food with you? <laughs> you just carry a little little bowl in this little bag of dog food. You get these little zip open things. You, you just put it over there and just say, here you go. You just put it in the corner. And it's like, you know, you eat that. Sounds like you're hungry. Smell, you know, it sounds like you're hungry. Just you. And I'm not saying, I mean, I never tried it with actual dog food in a little stainless steel bowl. I never tried that. I mean, I'm still alive too, so I did not get killed from pissing off gremlins. But yeah, I mean, one time I had a t-shirt on and it said something like, uh, I don't know what it said, sudden death is funny, something like that. And you know, this is a freak out, it's a freak out kind of a, of a possibility. I'm talking about transformation, right? The death and resurrection show. And I have it on the back of my shirt. I'm in a cowboy bar in Arizona. I go to the toilet, I'm peeing in this toilet. And I hear this guy walk in with spurs on his boots and he stands behind me and he's reading my shirt. He goes, oh, sudden death is funny. And he has this, this voice that just puts a chill down my spine. It's like this moment of, am I going to experience sudden death right now? I mean, like, how could I? And I go, oh, good. You passed the reading test. And I smiled at him with this big old stupid smile. And I walked out of the room. So, I mean, and then I got rid of that shirt. Just to, so, yeah, I mean, 
the thing with gremlins that are hungry, if you don't have to be afraid of them, that's the thing. It's like part of, if you're afraid of them, that's feeding the gremlin, then they can, aha, I got her to be afraid of me, you know? This is the gremlin thing. So there's always alternative ways to go from there. And they don't have to be, you know, if they're not this confrontation thing at all, put your gremlin back on a chain, you know, whatever. It's maybe that's the right thing to say. I don't know. But uh, I'm saying being afraid of a gremlin is far different from being wise or being skillful because uh, a lion tamer, if he walks in the lion's cage and he's afraid, lion just eats him. You, really, you walk in with, okay, we're, here we are, two lions, or here we are, two gremlins. One is, one is conscious and one is not. And, and the thing is, the consciousness wins. Consciousness actually has already won. It's, uh, you know, if you look in space, it looks dark, it looks dark. But if you put your hand out and like, for example, when the moon is out, you can see the moonlight hit your hand. So space is completely dark, but it's full of light if you're aware of it. So it's like, it's the moon is shining. You cannot see the light. Put your hand there, you can see the light. It's there. So, so the conversation between the light and dark has already been won. Like everything's full of light. So it's full of consciousness. I mean, so so that conversation is not a it's not a question. No question about that conversation about, oh my God, there's a gremlin. What's you know, it's it's like, oh my god, there's a nail on the floor and I am barefooted. Oh my god, there's a nail on the floor and I'm barefooted. We'll just walk somewhere else. You know, don't put your foot on the nail. And it's so so it's like, okay, oh, okay. All right, so this is what the value of having these distinctions in your body rather than just in your mind is that you live in them. You're living in the distinctions. And then they, they establish the world that you're relating to is filled with light, filled with clarity, filled with possibility, filled with your, um, with uh, capability to go somewhere else if what's happening is not useful or not beneficial, not fun. So, so yeah, this is when, when I first started learning about this, I mean, I used to just pretend, I used to walk on the other side of the street from gremlins. I was a good boy box. I hated confrontation. I would see a gremlin, I would cross the street or I would, I would put on this thing, this fake, uh, like, I, a C4 jacket, like C4 is plastic explosives. And basically I'd walk down the street and go, touch me and you die. And I was trying to protect myself from, from the gremlins. And then I started to get it about the gremlins are these are starving, crippled, uh, kind of wounded, revengeful, bent out of shape, crazy things. I can just go, Wow, that's an incredible weight you're carrying. What an how complex you've made this thing 
into your, your survival strategies really is so dynamic and, and creative. It's, it's twisted as hell, but it's, it's, you know, it's like, I can see the artwork that you put into building this creature that you are. I, I look at it with admiration and respect. And I, so then all of a sudden, if you do that, you can talk to the gremlin, right? The person between, you know, behind the gremlin, you can, you can relate through the show. Mm. And so, yes, I know that gremlins serve psychopaths and do evil shit and it's killing the planet. So, and it's not saying, I forgive you. It isn't anything to do with that. It is like, that will not happen in my house, it will not happen in my space. And it will not happen because I am clear about it, not because I'm gonna pound on you or you know, smash you down or confront you. It's just because I'm clear of the technology of Gremlin, just like you are, you go, okay, all right, fascinating, fantastic. Say, could you do that outside please? Or look, what if you two go have a conversation about that and I'll, I'll talk about something else? Or, you know, just you can just go nonlinear out of the space. So there's so many options. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I want to ask for possibilities about going nonlinear when I try to have a magic conversation with someone and a gremlin shows up. I want to ask for possibilities about that. You could, you could use this meta conversation starter that you say, could there be something in this that's frightening you? Okay. It's in the middle of the list, I just happened to see it. But is there, because a lot of this gremlin reaction is fear, it's a fear response. It's triggered by fear. And, and you can make this space because you're, Tara, you're capable of listening to fear. If somebody has fear, you just go, okay, tell me about it. Tell me what you're afraid of. You know, tell me what is not working for you in this and that makes you afraid. And then all of a sudden you're having a completely, you've gone, you've received the gremlin offer but you've used it as an open doorway to talk about what's really going on in the person, which is oftentimes fear. Thank you. Yeah, or, or the, there's another one. It says, it seems to me like you're saying two things at the same time. You're saying one thing with your words, but another thing with your feelings, or another thing with your posture, another thing with your purpose. Could you just tell me all the things? I really want to hear you. And I want to hear not just one, I want to hear all those levels. Yeah. So it seems to me that you're telling, saying two things at the same time. Could you please say them separately? Yeah. I'm listening. Yeah. That's a really Thank great. You. This, yeah. Is so, this is so important. This is so important to have this distinction and this possibility of Oh, sorry, this is, um, I feel really sad about this um, because this is exactly what I'm encountering so many times. There's like, you're saying one thing and I'm, I'm, I'm sensing different things from all of your buddies and I just don't know how to get there. I don't know how to get there. So mm -hmm. this question is exactly the way to get there, is exactly to 
how to get there. Yeah, thank so you. I, thank you. Great. Tara, could you look at the screen for a second and just let this in? Could you just let it in? And just keep letting it in. Yeah, we're so glad that you're doing doing this. Really glad. Thank you. It's a lot of courage. Thank you, Tara. I wanted to mention a couple more of these meta conversation starters. One of them that is, is a really surprising one to use is perhaps you do not realize that I agree with you. Perhaps you don't realize I agree with you. Now, there could be a part of you that does not agree with them. <clears throat> you know, you could argue in your mind from a philosophy or politics or religion or whatever. There's a part that does not, but then, you know, they're talking to you. People don't talk to you unless they love you. Now, they might be saying, I hate you, but they would not talk to you unless they love you. They would not tell you that unless they love you. And so what you can say is you go, maybe you don't realize this, but I agree with you. I go, I'm angry at you like this. And you go, you know, I agree with you. And they go, what? You go, yeah, I'm angry at myself too for exactly the same reason. What can I do about this? What else is possible? You know, and all of a sudden, again, you change this. I'm angry at you, I'm angry at you. Yeah, well, I'm angry at me too. I'm angry at me. He, I'm, this guy's an asshole. Okay, what can, we, what can we do about this? Help me, you know, I'm on your side. So this is really also a powerful journey to go on. Or, or even just tell me something Tell me something that would help me understand you better. Tell me anything that would, how, somehow I'm not, I have not heard you. Please tell me some way that I could understand you better. It really helps to memorize about three of these so that you can practice with them one, you know, once a day practice doing a meta conversation, a significant meta conversation. Hans, I saw your hand up. Hans? Yes, uh, thanks. Um, I, I just we have about two minutes. Two minutes. Just to come aware that it's uh, I, I really like meta uh, conversation starters, but what comes aware uh, up to my mind is that it's really important what the purpose is to start a meta conversation. Is it just the purpose of escaping a room because? I feel like an underdog, I can't win this conversation or something. And what I really like on your meta, or what really gives me a good feeling on your meta conversation starters is that there's a, a positive, uh, a bright purpose really to, uh, to break up a stuck conversation and to bring it to another positive way. And I'm very thankful for this. I just want to tell you, thank you. And, and does that mean that you'll try some of these this week? Yes, yes, very much. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. The world will be an amazing place, Mia. 
Every time you do one of these, you expand out the morphogenetic field of the human race because you make use of it, a rare opportunity to go nonlinear rather than linear. This is linear, this is nonlinear. So thank you. Thank you for doing that. Anything else right now before we vanish this space? Yes, Tara. I wanted to share that I will commit to asking this matter starter conversation that you gave me in every situation that I will encounter this mixed thing. I will do this now. I commit to this. This is going to be my experiment. Thank you. Would you commit to making notes about what happens in the different times and maybe writing a short article about it? Yes. Yes. And then publishing the article on, on Medium. Yes. And putting a link to your Medium article in the Telegram group. Yes, I will. Thank you. What language are you going to write the article in? I will write it in English. What other languages could you write it in? I can also write it in German and could try my Spanish. <laughs> let's, I, could, let, I could do some help with that. <laughs> let's stick with the English. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yes. All right. Thank you, Tara. Anything else from anybody else? Okay. Happy practicing. Good luck. Thanks, everyone. Okay. Let us know how it goes in the Telegram group. It's fantastic. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.